Hey everyone, and welcome to King's Talk, presented by Cap City Crown. With me as always, we have John. It was hello. a... Did you want to say something? No, I just said hello. Oh. Hey, it's a... John, and it says hello to everyone. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a busy week. It's been a busy week uh, in the world of the Kings, regarding especially the head coaching search. We have the finalists. We have some drama. Um, John, as you've introduced yourself already, would you like to break it down a little? Oh, yeah, just kind of broad scope, you know. Um, uh, the coaching search uh, was was quickly narrowed down, I guess, uh, to uh, just uh, Mark Jackson, uh, Mike Brown, and Steve Clifford uh, with the Interesting little tidbit about Mark Jackson having impressed uh, Vivek Ranadive the most uh, so far in the interview process, um, which I'm sure we'll get into, was an interesting uh, kind of uh, implication there. And uh, they went ahead and, uh, you know, because they missed out on not getting Atkinson who kind of, with, I guess, withdrew his interest, or we're not really 100% sure. Um, but the interesting thing there kind of related, perhaps, or most likely, to uh, the thing about Rana Dive uh, is that Atkinson indeed is looking to head coach because he's interviewing with the Charlotte Bobcats. Um, so, you mean the Hornets? Yeah, is that what it is? The Hornets? Yeah, my bad. <laughs> I'm so used to calling them. <laughs> And all of my notes here. Oh my god, I have it as the Bobcats. Dang, it's been it's been the Hornets for a minute too. But I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I like the Bobcats yeah. better. I mean, that's just. Bob- I think it's. I think it's because uh, NBA Live '08 is probably the last. Yeah, game it's the Bob- <laughs> basketball video game. That's the best one. <laughs> I kind of like the Bobcats too, because it's like. The Charlotte Bobcats, they were always worse than the Kings. Like, the Bobcats sucked. But the Hornets, you know, the Hornets, the Hornets are kind of good now. Not great, but, you know, they're better than the Kings. But the Bobcats, it was like, yeah, like, they're they're worse than the Kings, right? So, anyways. Yeah, I got to change all these. In my, I have the Bobcat. I'm like, crime any sakes. Jeez. Well, now that, that just instantly discredits me. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, no. But uh, But uh, here I am. And, uh. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of it from the outside, right? Did I miss anything? No, yeah. Um, Atkinson's <laughs> took a head coaching gig. In, or, no, sorry, he's not taking a head coaching gig. He's interviewing for the head coaching gig in Charlotte. He didn't even make it to the round of interviews in SAC. But, <laughs> I mean, he, he might, I mean, there's no reports have come out yet, but. That dude had to have just said no, right? He just said, he's like, nah, like, I'm good off the sack. And he's just like, nah. He's like, nah, I'm okay. I, that's the only it's the only thing, right? Is there mm-hmm. any other reason why he'd be interviewing in Charlotte and not in SAC other than he just he just didn't want to come to SAC? Because no way, no way McNair and Joe Dumars, who, that's another story, he left. Right, I was just going to say. Yeah, um... No way they were just like, oh, no, Atkinson, you know, you can't have you can't have Mark Jackson on the interview list and a finalist and not have Kenny Atkinson it, or even these assistants. Right. So he mm-hmm. just 
I I don't know if we would have hired him. I, I mean, I bet he's at least a finalist, but he obviously didn't want any part with Sacramento. And uh, he's trying to, um, interviewing in Charlotte, he's just trying to stay away as far as possible, right? He's like on the other side of the country, he just like, just get me, he's like, nah. Like, I was, you know, close enough to them in Golden State. Like, get me away from that franchise, you know, a little east of us. But, uh, yeah. But your original reaction to the three head coaching finalists, I don't think, well, what what's kind of funny about the three finalists is like <laughs> we've talked about obviously all the candidates on the previous two podcasts but the three finalists right now it was like between Clifford and Brown they were like the most boring candidates we kind of put out there it's like yeah it's like Clifford and Brown like you know previous like head not coaches. terrible not not exciting though yeah know? exactly and then you have you exactly and it's like okay like they make it Mike Brown like respectable like mike brown's a respectable coach clifford it's like mm-hmm. yeah like he turned around that hornets friend like he turned the bobcats right this is steve clifford yeah. he turned the bobcats See, screw, into the that's hornets screw me up that's what's screwing me up you know i've yeah. been looking at steve clifford too much yeah right but that, you know he, that he, handsome individual they, man he's there i mean he's probably only there because of his looks right now but yeah. I mean, he did. He did turn around. I mean, Charlotte—they were really bad, and they became a playoff team. You know, Kimba Walker was their star. He went to the Magic, took that team to the playoffs a couple times. Great defensive teams without a lot of defensive stars. So, I mean, Clifford's promising. If you want defense, I mean, Clifford's the guy you look at. He, you know, he enforces a defensive culture. Um, I wouldn't be unhappy if we got Clifford. But I wouldn't be like thrilled. And that's kind of like Mike Brown's thing. Seems a little better on both sides of the ball. But nothing like nothing really stands out, you know. And Mike Brown's a little harder. He was the coach for LeBron. He was the coach for mm. Kobe. He had a success yeah. only with those two players. So but then you have Mark Jackson, who wasn't really boring, but he was the most controversial. And it was just it's just the weird three finalists. It's like, okay, you get the two boring guys, and then you get the like controversial one but kind of like you said i think you pointed out in an article or maybe a tweet was that you said you know what like mcnair is looking for two things obviously that's defense and that's head coaching experience and that's what you can find in these three Mm -hmm. yeah i i give brown a lot more credit um because i feel like coming off the lebron thing not coming off the lebron thing but coming out of cleveland um and, and like coaching the Lakers, like he was pretty good at coaching the Lakers that first, first year, you know, that, that one full year he was there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I said, like, you know, we were pointing it out when we were talking about Dan Tony, when he was a candidate, when he took over the Lakers job, you can almost discount everything that happened in LA because he knew it was a disaster, which, what does that mean for, you know, Mike Brown, who only coached for like the first 10, 11, 12 games or something, his second year before he got fired. Um, you know, I feel like Mike Brown, the fact that he was like able to come back and get a coaching job in LA and coach that team pretty well. They were, like you said, playing pretty well on both sides of the ball, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, so he has kind of like a a pretty considerable leg up on Clifford, in my opinion. Um, the more and more I think about it, the more and more I listen to like what other people are saying, I feel like that's kind of what it kind of funnels down to. Um, but Clifford, like you said, it's just kind of like 
you know, it, it would, it's a, it's a steady choice. It's another steady choice. Um, Jackson, you know, good, you know, track record success wise. But I, like I said, I just never thought it was a good fit. I never thought it was a good fit because of the possibility of what could happen with the owner with Vivek Ranadive, which was either a, he would get into feuds with Ranadive or B Ranadive would get him for some crazy reason <laughs> that he wanted to spite the warriors and Mark Jackson would have a mutual like intention, maybe not like totally consciously. Um, and that would just be like a fantasy and that's not granted in reality. And it's a decision that he would have a lot of say in. Well, lo and behold, as crazy as that sounds, that's not really that far off. At least, you know, we know that from the report that, you know, Rana Diva has been impressed, which does not mean, you know, along with um, what uh, uh, Mark Stein reported, or was it Mark Stein that reported that? And then uh, Sam Amick, Amick uh, came out and cleared it up and was like, well, just to be clear, and Jason Anderson confirmed it, that uh, he wasn't part of the interviews, Rana Dive. So that means he was just probably consulted or like, you know, briefed on it. Um, but that totally does mean still, you know, that he's got some involvement there. Um, he's not part of, he, he's like, he's going to be, he's part of the second interview, the second phase, obviously. But that was, that was known from the start, apparently. And um, so, you know, <laughs> That just doesn't, it just seems like a mess, you know? And I never discount, like, I, I, was a, I, I was very fond of those Warriors teams, you know, when Mark Jackson coached them. And he really did, um, regardless who was on the coaching staff, you know, uh, it's, it's interesting. People always point out that, that Mike Malone was on his, his staff, and that's why they were so good defensively. That's why they were so disciplined, you know? That's what the force was behind it. Well, you know... Mark Jackson got a lot of crap for the coaching staff he assembled. And I'm sure that Joe Lacob, when he said that, wasn't saying that Michael Malone's not, wasn't a good assistant. And I'm sure that he was talking more later. Um, but you know, like it, it, Jackson has a lot to do with that. You know, that, that's, he's leading the direction of it. You know, he's got, he's, he's directing the on court, you know, schematics, you know, from the, from the, from the top of the umbrella. And of course he's going to get help from assistance, but I don't think that discredits him, you know? And so like everything he did on the court for the Warriors, I feel like was a big deal. Obviously they needed another coach to go get over the hump. Um, that's notable, but then you could say that about the other two coaches as well. Um, but you just add everything that I said prior uh, in relation to Rana Dive, And it's just like, either way you cut it. And it can be that second thing that I said, which it sounds like, you know, Rana Diva is impressed with, with Jackson for whatever reason. Um, and it's just, that's, that's not a, presumably a decision. If they go with Jackson, that's grounded much in reality. If Rana Diva is dictating it and that could easily turn into the first thing where then they start feuding a year or two from now, you know, like it's not, it's not going to like stick. It's not going to be buddies forever, you know? Like, Rana Dive has a history of getting tired of people very quickly. And if he's got his hands on things, you know, that's not that's not going to end well. So either way you cut it, it just seems like a disaster for the Kings. Mark Jackson, maybe somewhere else. You know, I don't know. It's still, it's been like eight years since he coached. Um, I just don't think it's something that the Kings 
who are trying to take the next step and are, who are, you know, they're in a great position to do that. And I just feel like Mark Jackson is just not the fit. And that, that, that kind of decision could derail a potentially good uh, season next year. If you catch yeah. my drift. No, I mean, Jackson, he's a risky choice for all the reasons you just laid out. Um, yeah, I, it's kind of surprising to hear Vivek would be in favor of him and how he found out or why not found out, but why he is Vivek's favorite considering he wasn't in the first round of interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, you know, they just sound like two strong, you know, minded people and uh, you know, <laughs> potential of not getting along well. And, you know, like you said, like this is an important decision we don't need a coach that's going to come in for a year and a half again and then get canned because he doesn't get along with the owner. And that's, again, not far off from what Vivek could do. It would be funny if he did hire him or is his favorite right now because he just wants to spite the Warriors, right? And imagine if that worked out. That would be, uh, that'd be a great fantasy a come true. Right? But I have, like, I, have so many, I have so many visions of how this can go wrong. You know, like there's just so many ways that Mark Jackson and – uh, Vivek Ranadive can, you know, everything can go swimmingly for a while, but then something can happen. It could be something in the organization. It could be on the court. It could be, you know, in the front office. It could be outside. It could have something to do with off-court comments about some issue or something because everybody's got an opinion about everything. And, you know, or they got to make it known. You know, I, of course, everybody has an opinion about everything. I hate it when people say that. I don't know why I said that. But you know what I mean? Anything can happen, and I just feel like it's a recipe for disaster. I feel like, you know, Jackson, and that doesn't discredit anything that Jackson does. I just don't think it's a good fit. I don't think, if I'm in that Sacramento front office, I'm I'm saying this has a potential to spoil quickly. And just because of the situation, just the circumstances here, you know. And it's just, you got to be careful. And this, like I said, and I think a lot of people agree. You really can't screw this up. This is really big, you know? <laughs> and it got pointed out last week, you know, like if this doesn't work out, you can sure as well, you know, you're pretty sure you can pretty much bet that McNair's out, you know? <laughs> it's yeah. Because mm-hmm. he's going to be the guy. Like, Ron Diva can't fire himself, you know? <laughs> he, he would never. He would. I know. Absolutely. That takes me back to just a side note. That just takes me back to when the great Lowell Cohn told uh, Jed York um, after he fired uh, Trent Baalke, um, <laughs> like, why don't you, why don't you hold yourself accountable? Why don't you fire yourself? <laughs> just left him aghast. He's just, you know, you know, owners can't fire themselves. Lol. Yeah. Like, All right. Get out of here. <laughs> but you know, <sighs> Ron Adive, man. He's Ron Adive. Just the, you know, the thorn on Sacramento side, you know, just really the reason this, team this franchise can't succeed because this guy can't keep his hands off of anything like this report of him favoring mark jackson it is upsetting because we thought regardless of you know the case or what's going on like it's upsetting because we thought we were over this we've seen what happens when ron adiba intervenes in the past it's never good obviously we haven't made the playoffs under him yet and I, we, you know, like 
is is McNair really calling the shots? Has he been calling the shots this whole time? It just it raises a lot of questions. You wonder about the integrity of his coaching search now. Like, are we really like is, like is Mark Jackson only a finalist because of Vivek, or was like, right. or did McNair? Like- yeah, or did McNair choose Jackson and then like Vivek's like, oh yeah, like he's my favorite of the three. Like that's a different it got, story. It right? got pointed out that I think it got pointed out, and I might it might be mixing this up. Um, but I don't think so because I think I think Wes Wilcox was part of uh, Charlotte's organization um, or Orlando, one of the two. Let me look. I that think up. he was Atlanta's. Atlanta. Yeah, he. Came, I believe he came from the Hawks. But but I uh, maybe maybe it was somebody else. But maybe, you know, maybe the three, I don't know, maybe the three, uh, you know, uh, Vivek, uh, Monty McNair, and Wes Wilcox, uh, <laughs> all through their favorite in there. Uh, that's the that's the final three. I don't know how that's that's not really a serious consideration in my mind. But, um, you know, like, you got to keep Ron Adivay out of the museum, man, out of the fucking, you know, the art exhibit, keep him out of the, you know, wherever. Um, because he can't keep his hands off anything and yeah. keep him out of the strip club. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, come on, <laughs> come on, Rebeck. Come on. Well, what's kind of interesting is that you have the reports coming out where it sounds like Vivek's meddling again, right? Keeping his hands on this coaching search when, you know, they should be off. But then also this week, Joe Dumars, has left the Kings because yeah. he was like, I, I forget his exact role, like special advisor oh, or something. He was, was chief yeah, strategy right. officer. It chief, was a really, a very ambiguous title. It, exactly. It was ambiguous. He was Vivek's man, right? Vivek trusted this guy. Um, and I guess Joe Dumars, he wanted more power. He, I think he wanted McNair to report to him so he could report to Vivek. And mm-hmm. Vivek's like, no, like I want Just McNair the to problem, report. Yeah. Yeah, and so I I mean that seems like a step in the right direction in itself. Like at Joe Dumars, he didn't need to be there. I'm kinda glad he's gone. Like it's McNair's team. We don't need all these weird positions, you know. Like yeah. Wes Wilcox is his what assistant GM or whatever his mm-hmm. official title is. Mm-hmm. Um like that's fine, but like you know, you, you don't need Joe Dumars, you know being Vivex, you know, it almost like it seems like an undercover like agent and because he was in these head coaching searches, right? So yeah. I mean he could very well be the reason why McNair or sorry, Vivek really likes Mark Jackson because, you know, maybe Dumars was just feeding him all this information when, you know, that doesn't need to be I mean, it could be fed to the owner, of course, right. but who yeah, who knows? And I don't know, it just seemed like an, a step in the right direction with that. With this meddling with Jackson, it's just like that's just kind of confusing. Like, wh- where's Vivek at? Cause we had these we had these reports from the from the minority owners saying that yeah, like McNair's team, like Vivek has not intervened. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe Vivek just really likes Mark Jackson. Maybe he just maybe he just said it. He's like, yeah, I really like Mark Jackson. I want him, and that was like it. Or maybe it's just the agents talking and trying to hype up Mark Jackson's name. I don't, I have a personal, like, hopeful thinking that it was just leaked to show, like, they're actually not going to hire Jackson, but it was leaked that Vivek likes Jackson. So when they actually hire Mike Brown, which is McNair and Wilcox's favorite, they'll be like, okay, like, Vivek is letting the front office do their job. He had a favorite, 
but he's still letting the professionals make the decision. That's what I'm hoping. I think that's wishful thinking, but I mean, I, there's not enough like there's not enough information from these reports. We can actually like pinpoint what's actually happening. So, mm-hmm. yeah, because it could be Dumars, you know, leaves. You know, he wanted more power. You know, and it could be just Vivek. Just maybe, maybe that's a maybe Dumars was a was a was a wall in a way. I don't know. You just get him out of the way, and maybe that gets Vivek more involved. But it could go any number True. of ways. I feel like I, you know, these reports just kind of come out, and then it's just like you're kind of left to consider. But it's just it's a different. It's far different from you know what we felt. You know, a couple of weeks ago, where it was like, okay, you know, like going into the soft season, it seems like uh, the the wheel has just like one pair of hands on it, but you know, uh, maybe not. Um, but it's, it's interesting. Um, can't blame Kenny Atkinson. Yeah. Right. I mean, were there any coaches? I mean, it was a surprising three finalists. I don't think anyone really expected only those three to be the finalists considering, you know, the three promising assistant coaches that were there that you, you would think at least one of them would make it through for consideration. And then you had, you know, a guy like Mike D'Antoni, who's also interviewing in Charlotte, who's, you know, an offensive genius and has had success in the last five years, right. With those Rockets teams. So is there anyone you're surprised that didn't make the cut to the finalists? Um, I mean, like, not really. I'm not really. I wouldn't probably have been really surprised if any kind of combination of the three were in there. I, I was maybe surprised that they didn't throw one of the younger, less experienced. Maybe not younger, because Darvin Ham's not that young, but uh, the less experienced coaches in there. Because that would have been interesting. Because I, I felt like you really had to consider them. I felt like picking one of those in there, maybe instead of Jackson, would have been a, a, a better served, you know, thing. But, I mean, they narrowed it down to what they want. Um, I guess in that regard, and like experience and defense, I guess it's like, I mean, I don't know who they miss out. That, that kind of makes sense why they didn't go with D'Antoni. You know, that, that makes sense why they didn't go with some of these younger guys that don't have that experience. Um, you know, uh, I guess is there anybody on that list that fits that bill? Am I because I can't think off the top of my head. I mean, um, we've been saying the Kings need defense, right? That's right. what we've said, and like that's what is missing. Like their offense seems to be there. They have Fox, they have Sabonis. That's two great pieces. They look pretty good offensively at the end of last year when after the trade deadline. And I mean. We should. I mean, we shouldn't be surprised, right? I mean, you, you got mm-hmm. the three defensive coaches out of the batch. That was what they needed, and that is what they got. But personally, I am a little surprised D'Antoni didn't make it, just because of his, you know, what he's right. done in the past. He definitely has the best resume. I thought at least he'd make it to the finalists. I mean, still just thinking about Fox and Sabonis in a D'Antoni run system would be incredible. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like people in the East Coast 
East Coast would stay up late, so probably tune into some Kings games because they'd be running opponents off the floor. But um, I, I get it. I mean, you, you need defense, and you get the three defensive coaches who have a good track record of, you know, having good defensive units. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, you don't really know with Will Hardy and Ham and Lee. Um, was there was there another coach was that that all seven? That's only six. Uh, no, that's seven. Yeah, with D'Antoni, that's seven. Yeah, with D'Antoni. So, I mean, I like mean, I said, I guess the only person I would have been surprised by, but he wasn't in the running really, was Atkinson because Atkinson would have been perfect considering what they want. I feel like, right? Yeah, you know, I feel Someone like from and that's Golden what, State. I feel like that's what we came down to. Um, when we initially started talking about kind of the broad list, um, it was like, I feel like all things considered, like the most balanced, maybe best fit is Atkinson. You know, you get a little bit of everything, you know. Um, but I think it's interesting, you know, that Atkinson and Brown are sitting on the same same uh, bench over there at Golden State. And, uh, you know, one of them was like, oh, hell no, I'm not going not doing that job and the other one's like no, i'll do it you know <laughs> yeah i don't know what the reasoning there is i don't know if they've talked about it i don't know if... you'd think they talked about it and mike brown just like i really want this job kenny like you can have charlotte you can have la <laughs> i already tried la you take it but it's like you know Maybe brown just, knows he's really getting the job Maybe yeah brown knows he's getting the job i don't know probably not i mean at this at this rate if it's not mike brown i think it's kind of a well failure. that's the thing that's the thing, because that's the other big caveat. That's the big kind of like uh, added thing here is Ron Adive wants Jackson by all accounts, and um, McNair and the front office want Brown. So it's a big revealing moment. You know, we're going to get one or the other. And, you know, if we get Jackson, I'm sure that there's going to be like, you know, people screaming in the streets. Um, because that that means that you know who's who 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 had a lot of say there or primary say there you know yeah like and then if it's brown it's like okay that's kind of a promising thing you know that's that's McNair in the front office's thing <clears throat> um, it'd be funny if they picked Clifford we wouldn't know what the hell to think it'd but, be so uh, funny if they picked Clifford <laughs> it'd be so funny it's like we knew it'd this- be him the whole time you know we love Steve yeah right that dude. <laughs> Steve Clifford becomes coach. I will. Oh my God, that'd be the that'd be the biggest curveball in history. I know. I'd be like, what, were, what the hell is anybody talking about? That'd be hilarious. And he's just like the greatest coach. He's just great. It's like, yeah, <laughs> could be. The Kings really win sixty games in their first season under Steve Clifford. I mean, they get swept in the first round. He he doesn't you know adjust. He doesn't adjust <laughs> to come to the be- playoffs. To be fair, I really do think that, like, if they do hire Mark Jackson, like, based on what I think, if everything could go wrong, I do think that they could potentially still put together a good year next year. But I don't know if it would, it, you know, it's like that thing that Alvin Gentry said, you got to create an environment for sustainable winning. I don't know if that's sustainable winning because, like, how long until that bomb goes off, you know? Maybe it doesn't go off in that first year. Maybe you do win, you know, more than 45. You win more than 50 games, something. And you're 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 one of the better defenses in the league, or something like that, or at least top half. You know, like 
you know, I could see that happening before it all just goes to, you know, hell. You know, you never know. But still, you know. So, I mean, I feel like with any of the coaches, you could still get a pretty good showing next season. That's not always guaranteed, though. There's still a lot of elements to this offseason um, that you got to make sure you really make this roster, like, like a contender. No, like, fill it with young guys or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I, I think this team, regardless of who becomes head coach from these three, I think they'll have a good year next year. If they if McNair gets a couple more pieces this offseason. But I, I can't stress enough how solid of a foundation the Kings have with Sabonis and Fox, right? I mean, just that alone is great. But um, no, I, I think they will have a good season next year. I think they will at least at least make the play-in, which is a win. And I don't think it's really a win, but, I mean, it, it, it's something, right, at this point. Yeah, we're really a long way. That's You're just kind of saying broadly speaking. Exactly. You're saying at least, which means. Exactly. You know. Exactly. And so, but like you said, it, it's sustainability. And, like, you know, Jackson, obviously, I don't know if he brings sustainability. You talked about that already. You don't need to get into that anymore. I don't, and you can if you'd like. Um, but then Clifford, you know, the lack of his adjustments in the playoffs and, you know, he's kind of that old school coach. How, like, how is he really going to grow with this team? Um, you know, cause like you want this coach to be here five plus years. I mean, I, who's the longest tenured coach the last, you know, this playoff try, I, I couldn't even tell you. Is it, is it <laughs> Jaeger? Is it? It has to be Jaeger, right? I think so. Let's see. Of two and a half or three three seasons, Jaeger, I believe, was three seasons. Okay. And, you know, and he was actually, you know, at the end of the third season, he was showing some promise. And then, boom, he gets he gets the, you know, mm-hmm. he gets the boot, and we bring in Luke Walton. And that puts us back another two years. And it took away all momentum. So this guy needs to stay. First of all, you know, he, we need to grow with this coach. We're not winning the championship next year. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I don't want to break anyone's heart. Yeah, the Suns were terrible and they went to the championship. They still didn't win it. But I still I don't see that being, you know, unless we get you'd a have, big you'd name have to get like Yeah, you'd really have to like, you'd have to like, I don't know. You'd have to get somebody and be able to like keep Harrison Barnes as you're starting like small forward and get like a really good starting power forward and like have just a, a few more pieces off the bench and just like that coach is really going to have to hit it, you know? <laughs> like yeah. a lot of things, like everything has to hit hit correctly, you know? Like everything has to be perfect, you know? Exactly. And so, and so next year... It's tough. <laughs> it, yeah, it's super tough. Winning the championship is, you know, once in a lifetime thing for many people. And not 20 a lot years ago, 20 years ago. You, I mean, anybody that watched the Kings 20 years ago would know. It, you right? can, it, you're so, you f- feel like you have it and you just don't. I mean, that obviously uh, there's a little bit of an outside force. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's uh, pretty, uh, pretty well known. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I guess that's life, um, unfortunately. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, it's tough. Um, but you got to be able to get a good first step here and then see what you can do in the next three to five years, you know? 
Um, exactly. Um, you got to be able to play in that first playoff series is tough, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not easy. You can come in playing with a lot of momentum and then you're just going to hit a wall because there's teams that have been there, you know? Mm-hmm. That's tough. That's tough. Um, yeah. Or just the better team, you know? Sometimes that's just where it comes down to. It's just like, man, some of those teams, like everybody's playing, you know, there's nobody resting or anything like that. Like nobody's just like taking it easy. Like it's, it's, it's all game on, you know, like it's, it's no fooling around and like, it's a tough league. It's a really hard league and Kings are going to need to do a lot. And that's why this coaching search is so important because that is going to be a good indication as to whether or not that has a potential to happen, you know, uh, success. Um, and can it be sustainable, you know? But Yeah. I, I think Brown, he wants sustainability and, you know, someone to grow with this team over the next five years and really develop them into a championship contender, which is the ultimate goal for every team. I think, I think Brown's the guy. Um, In the, the level to which he's just big, like, like he, the way he speaks about Steve Kerr, I mean, I just feel like, I don't know. He's learned from a good situation and I, I don't think you can take that away from him for six years. And, um, you know, that's a, it's a big deal, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the most valuable, like assistant coaching experience you could have right there. You know, being essentially the right hand man of Steve Kerr for so long or one of them, you know, at different points, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Brown makes a lot of sense, you know. He makes the most sense out of the three. I feel Maybe. like the only the only gripe we had at the beginning was it's just like the name doesn't pop, which is like so it's it's silly on purpose because it's it's but it's just something someone thinks about, you know. Yeah, and you're just like you thinking big, you know. Exactly because you do believe the Kings could be so good next year, <clears throat> you expect, you know a big name, you know, if you're expecting mm-hmm. big things, but you know, you have to stay steady about this. You know, you can't just close your eyes and swing like hell. Um, that doesn't really work. <laughs> hey, I've said well, it once. We'll I'm going to say it again. At the end of the day, I trusted McNair. Um, I, I hope Vivek gives McNair his, you know, I let he, I hope he lets him make the choice. We we get it. Vivek likes Jackson. Um, the interviews happened this week already with Brown going to sack yesterday and Clifford and Jackson the days before. So I mean, it seems like the interview process is it's almost over unless they're gonna have a third round. I don't know, but um, no, I think it's just supposed to be the second. I mean, unless they want to do like a clarifying interview or something like that, maybe they didn't get a good enough look at or good enough exposure with Jackson or something like that from one of the guys. They want another talk. I don't know. Yeah. Seems like we should be getting a decision within the next week or two. I mean, it's been. It doesn't seem that far. Yeah. yeah, It's been moving quick. They, they seem like they selected their finalists like really quick. Like, it seems like they named the seven, and it's like, all right, with these three. It's like, oh, really? If for like a month there, you know, you just had the Kings were like 
working hard to narrow it down, you know, like the Lakers just put out like a laundry list and then um, like the, the, I was going to say the Bobcats, (laughs) (laughs) the the Hornets, uh, you know, didn't really say anything until like this, this past week. Um, (laughs) But, you know, the Kings are just full speed ahead, you know. Um, They probably, they, they're like, you know, McNair wants to, Make sure the coach has his vision, uh, kind of converging just as much with the with the with the front offices, and um, you know they they probably feel they said there's no rush, but I mean like they probably feel it's pretty important to get someone in there early, you know, start thinking about start integrating things, um, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe even beat people to the punch and <laughs> grab a coach. I mean, I. I, I could be i mean like it doesn't like doesn't sound like based on even our conversation that these are like (laughs) people that people are trying to snatch up i mean like i think the lakers are more like dude we're trying to doesn't look like quinn snyder's gonna leave utah but i think the lakers are looking at like something like that or doc rivers in case he you know gets uh cornered out of uh philadelphia um you know they're they're kind of looking bigger and they can because it's los angeles and then the yep. Hornets, you know, I don't know. Watch, watch the Hornets hire Darvin Ham or Kenny Atkinson. I think they're like two of their three or four um, people that they're looking at. Yeah, um, yeah. So watch them pick one of those guys and enjoy. <laughs> it's yeah. always fun when they get to see, like, hey, we, we were looking at that guy. Maybe not so much Atkinson wasn't giving us the love back. but Right? Man, I can't believe Atkinson is – I mean, I can. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're a competent, you know, head coaching candidate in this league, I'm, I don't think Sacramento is your first choice, especially with the Lakers, Hornets. I want to say there is another team that's in need of a coach. But I, and it's did, not the Spurs. Um, I say did someone get one. fired? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think there's one more though. I was reading. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about this team. Um, I, I don't remember though. Who is that? Let me look it up. Uh, okay. Man, I hate it. I hate it when you look something up on Google. You're like NBA head coaching vacancies. It's all from last summer. Right. What the hell? Come on. Five minutes. Uh, no. Here, give me uh, tools. Man. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see what happens with Utah though. Yeah, so so Utah's keeping Quinn. That's what they said. I think it's. I mean, it sounds like they kind of and they they're gonna. I think the report was that Utah said they're gonna go with Snyder if he wants to keep going. Um, and he, I think he's getting like surgery or something, and he's gonna speak to the media. I think like next week. Um, so we'll see. And then Donovan Mitchell said, uh, that he 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 want, he would like to stay in Utah. Um, I think he might see Gobert move. Um, yeah, because Gobert, he said either Mitchell or me, either one of us being traded. Basically. And, you know, um, uh, that's basically uh, the, the deal there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really see another team. It doesn't say anything about anybody else. Too bad we didn't have like. Can anybody, can anybody call in? Right. Tell us. Anybody got to call in? <laughs> um. 
I don't know. I just we won't even worry about it anymore. If I can find it. Um. No, I guess that's it. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe there wasn't a third one. I just misread somewhere. <laughs> just yeah. trying to fill in the time. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to reach an hour, guys. <laughs> nah. Anyways. Uh... Yeah, coaching world heating up. Should, you know, potentially have an answer or, you know, a decision soon. Sooner than Let's later. Wait and see. But um, other news in the Kings this week, and if you can even, you know, relate this to the Kings, is that Victor Oladipo, currently on the Miami Heat, who are currently up 2-0 on 76ers in the Eastern Conference semifinals, he's looking for, you know, an expanded role next season. He's a free agent, unrestricted. He's only on a veteran minimum this year. So, you know, the possibility of getting him cheap. Didn't have the greatest year. Only played eight games. 12 points a game. Um, but yeah, he's looking for a bigger role. And a report came out, like, basically saying that and the possibility locations, you know, someplace like Sacramento where, you know, he'd have that bigger role. And so, um, you know, if it says Sacramento Kings in a report, then, you know, something that's going to get brought up and talked about. So how would you feel about, you know, bringing Victor over to SAC? Do you think... You think that would be a legit option for McNair this offseason? Um, to start, if, if it, it's all about the health. <laughs> I mean, he's only played he he only played eight games this year. He only played, you know, thirty three all of last year. Oh, thirty three. Yeah, total. Um, and nineteen the year before that. You know, when did when did he have his injury? Was that twenty nineteen? I think if you're on his like, year? yeah, his last All Star year, I think he get, hurt himself in the second half. Mm-hmm. And so you know, it's just a question of can he? I mean, if he can put it together, you know, that's basically like an upgrade. You could basically kind of, especially if you could get him on a cheap deal, because you would. I can't imagine that anybody's going to pay him a lot of money. You know. <laughs> Um, I don't think that his value is that high because he hasn't played very much, um, you know. But he, if he can get his groove back together and get back on the court and play consistently, he would be an upgrade. And like you know, maybe over like a, jo- uh, a Justin Holiday, um, you know, kind of a nice two, three and D guy, as you said. You know, I mean, I feel like you could get a lot out of him. Um, but he's going to be 30, you know, the health at the end of the day, it's like, they, they say he wants to go somewhere where he'd have an expanded role. And I'm like, I don't know. Would he have that much of an expanded role? We have so many, I mean, like we're, we're always talking about so many guards on this team. We're always talking about like, you know, who's going to start the two. Is it going to be Mitchell? Is it going to be DiVincenzo? Is it going to be someone like holiday or somebody else? You know, there's so many so many guards, you know, <laughs> and uh, I don't even know if that's like a hundred percent realistic. The idea, and I'd be willing to be told that I'm wrong, but I mean, I don't even know if that's a hundred percent true that he would get an expanded role automatically here, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, that'd think, be... it, think of think about how many guys are in a rotation like eight guys, usually like eight or nine guys, 
like in a consistent rotation, you know, like, uh, I don't know. Does he make that cut? If you're talking about four guards already with Fox, Mitchell, DiVincenzo, um, and Holiday or somebody else, you know, like, I don't know, man. You know, Oladipo, it's a nice, it's a nice thought. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. You're, if you sign Oladipo first, you you would have to get him on a cheaper deal, you know. And I think that's, I think that's what he'd come on anywhere, really, unless a team really overpays for him. But yeah, he's been hurt for a last several seasons, unfortunately, because he was showing to be like, you know, he was the number two overall pick, and he was like okay in Oklahoma or uh, in Orlando, and then got traded to OKC, and then got traded to the Pacers with the bonus actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I and mean, he really took off in Indiana, and then he's kind of just been hurt ever since. And if you sign Oladipo, you're it's just a gamble on if you can get you know, all-star Oladipo back. And that was four or five years ago since, you know, he was on those all-star teams. But it's it's hard to judge because it's like, yeah, he hasn't really played since. He's kind of been coming back from injury. He, you know, he's came back from injury this season. Um, even he, he only played eight games, but I don't know. It's kind of like that gamble. It's like, does he still have it in him? Yeah, he, he's not... He's not guaranteed a role on the team. But I feel like almost if you get Oladipo, it's like if you're getting Oladipo, you're you're getting to you're getting him to take that gamble and starting him at that two and hoping and maybe, you know, maybe the experiment doesn't go on that long. But I think you have to at least start him and hope, really. And this is only if you get Oladipo. You have to start him and hope that he turns into that at least 75% of what he was at his prime. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that'd be a huge addition. That'd be huge. I mean, that, that could take the Kings to the next level on its own. But it is that gamble. And, you know, you don't, you don't want dead space if you have to end up cutting him or have a, you know, disgruntled Oladipo who wanted an expanded role that you promised him. And then mm-hmm. he's on the bench. So it's kind of a weird situation. And, and, I mean, an expanded role, too. I mean, we already have Fox and Sabonis. He'd, he'd be automatically a third option. So, I don't know if he's going to really be looking at sack like that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, shoot, if we could get 75% of an all-star Oladipo for, like, a two-year, 10-mil, 15-mil contract, sure. Like, sign me up. But I don't know if that's... 100% realistic in everything I just explained. So, you know, mm-hmm. it has to be a cheap contract. He has to be 75% um, of his prime self. So, I don't know. It's the Kings just... can kick the, the Kings can kick the tires on him, you know. They can check it out. But, I mean, I don't know. At the end of the day, I just feel like, I don't know. I mean, like. You'd have to see who else was in that list. It was like a few other teams that weren't very good. Yeah, here, here, let me pull it up real quick. Yeah, there's, there's a couple. I think, let me just see. Yeah, there are a couple other teams. Like, uh, so there was Sacramento, the Knicks, and the Blazers. And this was, mm-hmm. and the report 
the source was an anonymous GM. So, I mean, whatever that means. But, um, I mean, the Blazers, sure. sure. I mean, Damian Lillard needs that number two again now that McCollum's in New Orleans. And then the Knicks, I mean, R.J. Barrett's kind of becoming like a household name in a way. I mean, he, he's making, you know, he made a good leap this season. And you still have Julius Randle, who didn't have the best season and maybe out of New York, but he, I mean, he's still your number one option if you're in New York, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I could see New York, if anything. Or, right. I mean, I, I would say the Blazers or the Knicks is a better choice than the Kings if Oladipo really wants this expanded role, so. Right. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know, you're going to have to see how other things are playing out before that becomes a good or a really bad idea because it's kind of hard to say, you know. Just based on what they have now, I feel like you almost want to try to see if you could do something else, you know. I don't know if you want to resort to that. Is that resorting to them? I mean, I don't know. You know, again, I feel like the Kings are going to have to kick the tires on it and really check it out. I mean, I mean, is sorry. he playing the playoffs right now? Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah, I haven't caught any of the. I haven't caught a single Heat game. Yeah, <laughs> I think they're always I on mean, early or something like that. Probably. Let me see. They played last night. Beat the Sixers. Oladipo. You know, he scored nineteen points, six rebounds, six for eleven, three for four from three. So. I mean, he's contributing. Well, see, yeah, what the hell? I mean, I got got to consider that, I guess. And uh, like, that's a whole, it's a whole other thing, man. I mean, if he, he if he's tearing it up, then that's kind of the sample size that you need to look at. Um, well, you know. here's the oh, well, the game before. I mean, it was five points, five rebounds. So, well, yeah, I got in twenty-seven minutes. Yeah, yeah. pull his game log. Uh, um while well, you pull up the game log the exact quote from this anonymous gm well not exact quote but what he says is oladipo is still looking at a minimum make good contract next year and team like sacramento or the knicks or the blazers is not going to be miami that has been pretty clear so a minimum make good contract i think sacramento fans remember a you know minimum make good contract in rajon rondo and Rondo, he, I mean, Rondo didn't deal with injuries. He more dealt with, you know, kind of being outcasted from the league a little for his, you know, I guess kind of bad reputation. But he came in sack and signed a one-year, you know, pretty cheap deal for Rajon Rondo at that time. And he led the league in assists, and Kings didn't make the playoffs or anything. But it's like that, that guy didn't come out to play, so... I mean, that's kind of interesting. But, I mean, a prime Rondo and then a an Oladipo, four years removed from an all-star, you know, team and not having even played half a season in the last four years. It's two different stories, but, I mean, Sacramento's done it before and it worked out. So, I guess that's not really mm-hmm. something to consider. But if history repeats itself, you could. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, looking at Oladipo's game log just from this season, um, he's a little up and down, a little inconsistent. But, you know, he ended the regular season really well. He scored 21 points in 27 minutes in his second to last game of the season. 
Um, and he scored 40 points in the last game of the season, 36 really? minutes. I'm sure that he was probably getting, you know, he was just winding him up. I mean, 40 points. Yeah, he was shot 9 of uh, or 5 of 11 from 3, 13, 22 from the field. But in the playoffs, it's like he played game 4 and game 5 against Atlanta. Like game game 4, he comes out, shoots 3 of 10 total, 0 of 5 from 3 for just 6 points um, and 8 rebounds, though. And uh, so he's doing other things when he does not shoot well. Um, and uh, in the next game, he's shot uh, eight of 16 and three of six from the three, uh, point line and, uh, with 23 points. So he follows it up with a good game. And then I think, as you saw in the first game against Philadelphia, five points, two of eight from the field, though, five from three. Um, and then the next game, he follows it up with 19 points, three of four from three, six of 11 from the field. So it's like a little up and down, but I don't know. I mean, it's a good point. Once you get down to it, it's like, Oh, you know, you get a little uh, Sabonis Oladipo Fox action there. That that could potentially be good if everybody, you know, mostly looking at Oladipo, if Oladipo can stay on the floor. Um, and I don't know, you know, maybe maybe he can. If he can, then that that becomes kind of a situation. I feel like the more and more we've talked about this, the more and more I've I, I've opened up to that being a good idea for Sacramento. Yeah, I I wouldn't mind it, but it would be something where Oladipo would have to start, I think, and that's what he'd expect. I, I think when you go into these contract talks with his agent, I think they'll be expecting a starting job. And, you know, Oladipo, I think he's earned it in this league, maybe not on all teams. I think on the Kings he has. I mean, I would rather have Oladipo start next season compared to what we have at, you know, our two spots at the moment. And not mm-hmm. saying anything against Divincenzo or Holiday or even Terrence Davis, but, right. you know, like, yeah, like Oladipo, Oladipo is two-time All-Star. Yeah, he's been hurt, but, you know, he, he's still, you know, the 40 points, it tells me that if you need buckets and you give it to this guy, you know, he's going to put it up. Um, and he, he still has the ability to put up buckets, so. I just, you know, dreaming about an Oladipo, Fox Sabonis threesome, or <laughs> a big <Wow>. three. <laughs> big it's a three. family show, Tony. <laughs> a big three. Um, <laughs> it would be, um, shoot, I mean, that's that's a playoff team right there. It's a playoff team. And Oladipo plays great D, um, led the league in steals one year. So, I mean, that's a guy where... You put it next to Fox, and he takes the best guard, kind of like we were talking about Mitchell. If Mitchell started alongside Fox, Ladipo would take the best guard, give uh, you know, give Fox a little more breathing room to operate on the offensive side. So we'll see. You know, free agency, free agency is still a couple months away, but you know, the talks are going to start. You know, speculation, and he's really the first one so far about possibly you know being linked to the Kings in some sort of way. So, mm-hmm. Victor, it'd be, a great thing to, it'd be a great thing to consider, you know, like you said, that being in the starting lineup, you know, basically Mitchell and DiVincenzo and Davis off the bench. Um, yeah. And or Holiday, I mean, depending on what yeah. kind of competition they want to keep. If True. they if they because, you know, I mean, Holiday's got what, like a six million dollar contract. I mean, 
um, maybe you want to spend that kind of money elsewhere, um, just like for another player, maybe a forward or something like that. I don't know. Maybe it's just the volume of guards at that point. You're probably going to want to move one of them, I would imagine. Um, maybe not because you're getting Oladipo so cheap, but presumably. Um, but I don't know. You know, you, you're going to have to see, I guess. Um, it's... It, it sounds it, it has a really good potential of working out, but it also has a potential of just kind of fizzling into nothing. You know, like if he gets hurt, you know. Yeah. Like forget about. But it. <laughs> but honestly, now that you say that, I mean, unless you trade, you know, Holiday or Davis or something. I mean, but if you keep them and you have Oladipo, Oladipo goes out. I mean, you still have guards. You have you have. Abundance of guards already. True, that can true. fill in if he goes out. But you know, maybe they do trade away some pieces, to, you know, to bring in to free some cap space. And if Oladipo yeah. goes out and Holiday's gone, then it's like, oh well, you know what? Maybe you don't go after yeah. Oladipo because you know he's gonna get hurt. We knew this, you know, in hindsight or something. So, right, I don't know. Something. Yeah. No, you make a good point. I'm kind of worrying about two things that actually kind of solve themselves. There's too many guards and Oladipo might get hurt. Like, oh. No, but <laughs> but it might you, be a good combination. <laughs> but you did say, you know, maybe holidays moved. And then but and if you do end up freeing up the guards and you, you know, you clear some guards out and you get Oladipo, and then Oladipo does get hurt, and then that's a you know, you, we don't know what's gonna happen. We do have an abundance right now, so it, it looks fine. But who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean if you get Oladipo, I'm assuming one of those guards is going to have to be moved. You can't have like eight guards on. I mean, you can, but it's kind of just a wait. You, you need some more small perpetual guards. small ball. Yeah, right. So I'm assuming someone would get moved somehow. So, mm-hmm. and you still have, like I like we always say, you still got to worry about power forward. I mean, yeah, like, power forward's n- number one concern. Sure. I mean, you're gonna get you're gonna get Lyles on his club option, and that's gonna be so cheap. Um, yeah, really. Cheap. You might as well, you know, kind of try to get make him a backup because he'd be a great backup. You know, I mean, he does so many things well. You know, I'd be uh, I'd be upset. It'd be interesting though, you because you be, do like to see him in a flow. I I do I like Lyles, but I'd be upset if I saw Lyles starting next season. And Lyles right. played great since the trade deadline. But, I mean, that just shows that the Kings didn't make any big moves and that, you know, unless you get, like, a, unless you get really someone good at, like, small forward or shooting guard or something. Mm-hmm. But that power forward position needs to be addressed. Lyles, I don't think he pushes the needle enough. I think I'd love him. I would love him off the bench. And I've loved what he's done in Sacramento. But, I mean, if we really want to be a serious team for the playoffs and to, you know, break this drought, we're going to need a new power forward next season. Yeah, it's either that or you're going to need like a real punch at the guard. Where you just, that closing lineup is just going to you know, slide Barnes down to the four or something like that. But you know, you got to make sure all that stuff works. <laughs> you can't yeah, write yeah. on that. You can't just depend on that. But, you know, with this Kings team, you know, talking about that promise it, it does come down to those last possessions. So and whatever that best five players are, you know, they better be really, really, really good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you hear it all the time. doesn't matter who's starting. 
matters who's closing. So, yeah, they need that closing lineups, you know, more important than the five who are going to be starting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know. The Kings have a lot of things that they can do. I feel like they're in a, such an interesting position. But uh, we got to see this coaching this coaching decision first, I suppose. Uh, it's got to gotta be decided first. Yeah, that's going to be in charge of deciding a lot of what happens on the court, you know, like mm-hmm. strategy-wise. So, you know, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, like, if you think about it, just like variation of the coaches, I mean, like, are they gonna is is Jackson gonna want to play like a small ball lineup of death kind of thing that he kind of initiated in uh, Golden State? Um, because if you if you remember correctly, I think the birth of small ball for the Kings or not the Kings the Warriors was in Game One in uh, Mark Jackson's first season in the playoffs, his second season as a coach to the Warriors. All-star David Lee <laughs> got hurt, and so the Warriors played more small ball. They slid Harrison, slid Harrison Barnes down, and everybody was talking about how Harrison Barnes can't guard; he can't do anything. He held his own against Kenneth Fareed and whatnot, and it was amazing. I was always like, because he was like really thin when he was a rookie, and it was incredible. But like you know, like is I guess back to what I was saying, you know, like based on these coaches. And considering the fact that they are going to be kind of uh, their input on what the style of play is going to be, um, like, what do you do? You envision like different potential? Like, is there a coach that maybe would favor getting Oladipo more than another coach, or favoring going after other you know directions for the roster? Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. I, I, I really don't. Um, the Mark Jackson small ball, that was, you know, I didn't think about that. And, you know, it does pose the question for these other coaches. Um, but I'm not really going to answer your question because I don't know what else sure. <laughs> to answer right. it. But, you know, like maybe that's why the Kings are doing it so early and going to get a head coach early so they can figure this out. Because they did say, you know, McNair said that they want to coach to bring their vision, you know, and, and to, we want to work together. We don't want to tell them what to do. We want to work together on this coach's vision. So if, you know, if they get to coach early enough, they can work on this vision by the time free agency hits in, you know, two and a half months, they'll have it worked out. Maybe they'll, you know, pinpoint people they really want to get or trade for. Um, so I know I kind of like that because we were kind of talking about how early it was for the Kings and then, to get a head coach before all these other teams. And you brought up the point right now about, you know, maybe there's certain players other coaches would want. So, you know, good for the Kings doing it early. They're really, it seems like they're trying to really get this plan set out so that they're ready in time for the off season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're just trying to get, I feel like there's a lot of working parts that they want to just get kind of in sync. So, I mean, and the coach is going to be a big part of that. So it'd be interesting, but you know, that again, that just like, that under you know underlines the point again uh, that this is a big deal who they pick as coach. Yep, what, yep, so. one of the biggest decisions in recent memory. So you know, first big, first big move of the off season. 
A lot yes. more to come. A lot more to come after this, and it'll be uh, we'll all be anticipating, you know, who's announced. Hopefully, next week or the week after. Mm-hmm. Be interesting. Keep your ears open. Or I guess, yeah, I was gonna say keep your eyes peeled, and then I was gonna say keep your ears. <laughs> I don't know. Keep your senses open, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Should be hearing that soon, but um, do you, have, do you have anything else? I don't know. I think that's probably it for now. All right. Well, this is Tony and John bringing you King's Talk. Until next time.